0: Blog talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. That's right. We are leaving the dark ages. Today, we're talking about lupus and hormones. The reason and now this is hormone month, but when we talk about autoimmune conditions, Uh, it's vital that you understand how the body communicates and what the cause and what the solutions are. That's right. There are causes to lupus and there are solutions to lupus. Uh, We have a number of different exercises at ExtremeHealthChallenge.com. And if you go to ExtremeHealthChallenge.com at ExtremeHealthAcademy.com, I mean, you're going to be amazed because there's things that you can actually do to get this problem corrected. So first, Let's look at what an autoimmune condition is. This means that the body actually starts to attack itself. Now, that is unique in any animal species around. So you've got to figure, one in five people have a condition where the body is attacking itself. Now, have you ever heard of this in any other animal species? Well, if you don't want to even think about it, you're going to say, well... No, I'm not an expert in animals. Okay, well, imagine this. If you had a herd of water buffalo or any other creature other than human beings where their immune system was attacking itself, would you think it's a disease or do you think there's an environmental stimuli that's causing it? And you'd be right. It's an environmental stimuli. Now, when we look at the health of our population, even if you just look at breast cancer, there's a 300% increase in the last 32 years. So that just doesn't make any sense. Our children, at 54%, have a chronic illness or disease. And in fact, you know, allergies are epidemic, bowel disorders, depression, anxiety, all of this. So this is the sickest species on the planet. So why? Why are you know, 1 in 5, 20% of our population, their immune system is going to be attacking itself. What, What's causing this? And so let's look at the entire system. What's the medical system based on? Well, it's based on the germ theory that germs are attacking the body. Now, uh, you know, for 80 years they've been studying cancer, and they haven't found the virus, fungus, bacteria that's causing it so the germ theory now here's an article out of the lancet and they talk about how the germ theory is a gross oversimplification and i love this and i'm going to quote from the article the germ theory p- theory has become dogma it neglects many of other factors which have a part to play in the disease process and it, it's a I love this. Uh, deciding whether the host germ environment complex leads to infection—it's uh, limiting because you are not looking at the susceptibility, the behavior of the socioeconomic determinants. Now, all of this, this germ theory, has been laid out uh, by the the medical world in order to develop this biomedical model. Now, the biomedical model is unique. And this is, this is how uh, the system is laid out. Now, remember, we've got the sickest generation on the planet or sickest species on the planet. 54% of our offspring have a chronic illness or disease. You're talking 20% have a disease where their body is attacking themselves. So this is all based on the germ theory and biomedical models of illness. Now, the biomedical model, it, it's, it's basically cookie-cutter. You have a collection of symptoms. Uh the symptoms are from one cause. You treat those those symptoms with a medication or you remove the part and then you fix you restore the body to health by fixing the cause. However, uh according to, to the British Medical Journal, the biomedical model of illness, which has dominated healthcare for the past century, cannot fully explain many forms of illness. For one, three assumptions. All illness has a single underlying cause. All disease is always from the single cause. And removal or attenuation of the disease will re- result in a return to health. Evidence exists that all three of these assumptions are wrong. Absolutely. So what are the symptoms of lupus? Well, when you look at this, and I want you to remember this because this is horrible. You're talking pain or swelling in the joints, muscle pain, occasional fevers, red rashes, generally on the face, chest pain, hair loss, purple fingers and toes, uh, swelling around the ice, mouth ulcers, swollen glands, feeling tired. I mean, this is crazy. It is, it's affecting almost every organ of the body. It affects joints, skin, kidneys, blood cells, brain cells, heart, and lungs, Now, according to the Mayo Clinic, lupus is a chronic inflammatory disease that occurs when your body's immune system attacks its own tissues and organs. Well, let's change the conversation right now. Inflammation is how the body repairs itself. Inflammation is the result of tissue damage. So what the Mayo Clinic needs to change is not chronic inflammation, but that this is chronic tissue damage. Because if you hear inflammation, you think, oh, no, something's gone crazy. Instead of, if I say, look, tissue damage, then you're going to start to say, well, what's damaging the tissue? According to the National Institute of Health, the cause of lupus is unknown. Now, 90% of the the individuals that have this disease are women. Between 15 and 44, and at least 5 million people worldwide have it. Now, this is devastating because, again, according to the Mayo Clinic, it's a combination of genetics and environment. And they can say sunlight can trigger it, infections can trigger it, medications. And it's interesting, they're talking about an seizure. Medications, blood pressure medications, antibiotics can all trigger this. So, if it's an autoimmune condition where the body is attacking itself and these medications can trigger it, is it really genetic or genetic expression? Well, when we look at epigenes or control above the genes, and since we're going to be talking about uh, genetic genetic expression, I want to go over the details on what genetic expression is or epigenetics. It's a control above the genes. It's literally why genes turn on or off. And in fact, according to the Royal Society, mismanaged or disorganized epigenome, so this is gene expression, lead to disease. So let's look at one of the syndromes. And syndromes, when somebody says syndromes, they don't, it, that means they don't know. It's, it's an unknown qu- quality. Well, in a lot of patients with this, there's a theory that antiphospholipid syndrome is causing this. Now, if you think about it, phospholipids, there's a phospholipid membrane around each cell, uh, just about every cell in the body. So, how can the outside covering of the cell, which is actually the brains of the cell, because the cell is in contact with the environment, and it actually governs how certain proteins are produced. So how can the body attack it? Now, in antiphospholipid syndrome, uh, there can be blood clots, repeated miscarriages, stroke, TIAs, transit ischemic attacks, neurologic symptoms. So a lot of things are happening. So now anti-phospholipids, antibodies. So now here I got to thinking, what if we do some more research? What if the body is building an antibody towards a phospholipid? Now this could seem like it's an an autoimmune response, but what if they're foreign phospholipids? So I look in industrial phospholipids, and sure enough, you start to see Oh, my gosh, it's in soy, canola oil, sunflower, chicken eggs, commercially produced milk, um, fish eggs, even a bunch of more. Now, industrial phospholipids are used in food, nutrition, pharmaceuticals, cosmetics, and drug delivery. That's right. So now it makes sense. So phospholipids can be split to produce products that function as secondary messengers. So they're utilizing phospholipids in industrial products because they can, they can do a lot of different things in chemicals, drugs, everything else. However, if you have industrial phospholipids, uh, it can actually damage prostaglandic production, which means that if we're exposed to these uh, industrial phospholipids, it can depress neurons, it can cause joint damage. And where are these? Well, they're in egg yolks, they can be in soy lecithin. they can be water emulsifiers like in margarine. So these industrial phospholipids that we're consuming can have a radical effect on your joints and immune system response. So let's look at the Journal of Lupus. And they say environmental exposures, epigenetic changes, and the risk of lupus and this was from 2014, and they're saying a dose-dependent combination of environmental exposures, estrogenic hormones, and genetic predisposition. Wow, isn't that interesting? So now we're looking at that it's an epigenetic combination, estrogenic hormones. So we have this, this lack of communication between the brain and the tissue cell or an interruption of that communication. And then... Um, toxic environmental exposure. So what kind of environmental or epigenetic changes cause this? Uh, well, we're talking drugs, okay, medications, diet agents, anything causing oxidative stress. And estrogens augment the disease. In fact, together... Uh, with lupus genes and estrogen or endocrine disruptors combine a dose-dependent fashion to cause lupus flares. What that means, and this is why uh, estrogens augment the disease, so this means if somebody is taking a birth control pill, they're going to have a huge increase of autoimmune conditions such as lupus. So what are these hormones? What are these endocrine disruptors? Well, look at the body having two communication pathways. One, we've got the nervous system, and that's composed of the sympathetic and parasympathetic. That nervous system literally controls and coordinates every function of the body. Now, this uh, is connected intimately through the hypothalamus with the hormone system. Now, the hormone system... Uh, is our chemical messengers that cause the brain or the organ-to-tissue cell and tissue-to-organ cell communication. So these are the messengers. So we have the nervous system and the hormonal system carrying messages. Now, there's two types of hormones. We've got water-soluble hormones and fat-soluble hormones. Now, water-soluble hormones, they're mainly formed from amino acids. Uh, So these can't pass through target cell membranes. They've got to have a receptor site on the cell. Where fat-soluble ones, and remember, we're talking about uh, not only lupus, but the antiphospholipids um, syndrome, these lipid-soluble ones can actually pass through the cell wall. Now, they're usually formed from cholesterol. So now, if you're hearing all these buzzwords amino acids, cholesterol, lipid-soluble hormone, antiphospholipid syndrome, can you start to see that if we have any medication or any um, problem, like a cholesterol-lowering drug or some non-steroidal anti-inflammatory that decreases prostaglandin production, you're starting to see that these chemicals can negatively affect that, that hormonal communication or genetic expression. Now uh we're still learning a lot about endocrine factors and and new um hormones. Uh one thing it's a shout out to my nephew who just got published May 1st 2018 in the Journal of Cell Metabolism for being a co-discoverer of some novel endocrine factors. I mean, you know, so, I mean, not just a shout-out for the brilliance of my nephew uh, and, and to honor him, but understand that there's real scientists out there that are still discovering these things. So when the, when the Mayo Clinic says the, the cause is unknown, they're not really looking into the actual cause. So we know that it's lack of communication or a disruption of that communication. And there's certain things called endocrine disruptors. In fact, there's over 87,000 different chemicals that can negatively affect how your body communicates to the environment. Now, these endocrine disruptors are in food, cosmetics, vaccines, pharmaceuticals, pesticides, plastics. So let's look way back at the first uh, estrogen ever produced. Now, this this is huge. I told you about this last week. But this is very, very pertinent because if we have endocrine disruptors, things that disrupt the communication, the hormonal communication, and it can negatively affect our population now, but it can affect generationally. Now, DES was one of the very first hormones discovered. It was discovered in 1938 and was prescribed to women from 1940 to 1971. Now, it was an amazing hormone, synthetic hormone, uh, to prevent miscarriages, premature labor, and related complications to pregnancies. However, uh, the use of it declined after the 1950s when studies show that it wasn't effective in doing any of that stuff. However, the, mo- the children of the mothers developed uh, higher rates of adenocarcinomas, and in fact, it turned out that it can cause endocrine problems, birth defects, cancer, and other developmental abnormalities. Now, that's not the big thing. Now, this was discontinued in 1971, but it turns out that daughters from the mothers, okay, that took this, were three to five times more likely to get different types of cervical cancer, and that's in men. The boys uh, had increased risk of. Uh, testicular cancer and prostate cancer. Now, that's still not it because it's now affecting a third generation. That's right, the first experiment is now affecting three generations down, um, causing increased birth defects and increased risk of ovarian cancer. So what type of changes, what epigenetic um, alterations are going to be causing some of this? Well, when we look at not just the endocrine disruptors, but let's look at epigenetic control or control above the genes. What kind of things can control gene expression? Well, we have cholesterol-lowering drugs, antidepressants, beta blockers, diuretics, anti-inflammatories, contraceptives. All of these cause epigenetic changes, and this can cause... Uh, heart disease, cancer, mental disorders. And what's amazing is, so how many people out there, this is the most drug society on the planet, a a quote from this article from Metabolism Clinical and Experimental Journal are, quote, consequences for modern medicine are profound because it would imply that our current understanding of pharmacology is an oversimplification. Now, what are some of the common medications to treat lupus? So I want you to organize your thoughts now into lupus or autoimmune conditions uh, affect uh, one in five uh, Americans. It's on the growth. The medical world, on the whole, doesn't know what causes it. However, the part of the medical world that's still thinking knows that it's from endocrine disruptors or toxic environment that's causing these genes to be expressed. We know that endocrine disruptors can can alter that tissue communication. So let's look at the medications they use. Let's just look at non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. Now, when we look at non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, they're known to cause intestinal damage. Um, However, they can alter lipid composition seen in mitochondrial cells. So this, and we're talking the standard over-the-counter stuff, this can induce oxidative stress. And that means that Advil Motrin Aleve can actually damage how your body functions. And in fact, when you look at the warning labels for these non it can cause kidney damage, skin damage, cardiovascular damage, gastrointestinal damage. And you might be thinking, well, wait a second. Doesn't lupus affect the heart, skin, brain, blood? And you're right. It does. So we know non anti-inflammatories can contribute to this lupus problem. We also know that according to the Journal of the National Cancer Institute, that endocrine disruptors such as chemical sweeteners like formaldehyde or aspartame. Now, formaldehyde is a potent adjuvant. In fact, it's, it's, it's so um, popular that's been used in many, many vaccines in order to trigger immune system responses. So if you're triggering an immune system response from a vaccine, but you're ingesting it in the form of NutraSweet, uh, you can see how that can have an effect on the um, immune system. Then we have contraceptives use. When you look at this one study, 106,000 women involved in the study they found out that if you use short-term, that means birth control, less than 13 months, uh, you had higher rates of breast cancer. Why? Because, again, it's estrogen. Now, we know that the first synthetic estrogen affect a couple of generations down. Do you think that this estrogen or contraceptive, do you think that this can start to negatively affect the body you know, a few, a few months or years or generations down the road? Absolutely. We know that the medications that these people are taking, like blood pressure medications, actually increase your risk of stroke by at least a third. We know that cholesterol medications can increase hardening of the arteries and a heart failure. We know that cholesterol drugs, remember, you make half of your hormones out of um, cholesterol, uh, most of the lipid-soluble ones, and if you're decreasing it, it with the cholesterol-lowering drug, you can cause damage to the heart, Increased placking of the arteries, weakening of the immune system. It's crazy. In this culture, we're drugging symptoms without looking at the effects, and some of these can affect generationally down. So let's look at the journal at the American Medical Association. They say that that average, average a hundred and twenty 8,000 Americans die each year. Over 128,000 Americans die each year from the right drug at the right time in the right dosage. That's insane. So what does the Journal of Law and Medicine and Ethics say? They say the myth of safe and effective drugs, institutional corruption of pharmaceuticals, and the myth of safe and effective drugs. And they go through and say in this article, the pharmaceutical industry has corrupted the practice of medicine through its influence of what drugs are developed and how they're tested and how medical knowledge is created. Mind-boggling. Now, other environmental factors. Let's look at the Journal of Environment International. Now, the title of this article is Environmental Factors in Development of Autism Spectrum Disorder. And you're looking at environmental toxins like pesticides, fragrances, heavy metals, vaccines. All of these are contributing to the epidemic of autism. The HPV vaccine and linked to primary ovarian insufficiency. And again, this is a bad for girls, but we're talking a number of different chemicals can lead to it. But also the human papillomavirus does. And why? Because these vaccines, the 69 doses of 16 different vaccines that kids are exposed to, actually is n- not... These, all of these drugs that are, or biologics that are injecting in the kids, they trigger a Th2 or an inflammatory response. Now, this is, can be a challenge because studies really have not been conducted to determine the safety or efficacy of multiple doses in a variety of combinations as recommended by the CDC guidelines, according to the journal Human and Experimental Toxicology. When we look, the Journal of Lupus says that vaccines are linked to it. The Nature Reviews Rheumatology said that vaccines are linked to lupus. So why is this? Um... When you look at the Journal of Autoimmunity, it said that a a number of hepatitis B vaccines, and it even says it on the label that it can link to lupus. See, when you're injecting a foreign protein into the body, you're causing the body to build antibodies towards that when you're utilizing um, industrial phospholipids and they get into the bloodstream, the body's going to build antibodies towards that. If you're taking synthetic or things that interrupt that hormonal communication called endocrine disruptors, that's going to cause damage to your body. So what can you do? Well, this is how you get healthy hormones, but it's also how to correct lupus. First, you have to have a healthy nerve supply. That means that if you're taking, uh, uh, if you've had a trauma in the past, if you have physical, chemical, or emotional stress, your body can't heal, so you have to get your nervous system checked. If you're taking drugs, find out why you're taking them. I mean, the more you look into this, the Advil, the Motrin, the Nutri-Sweet from the from the Starbucks, the... Uh, all of these medications negatively affect how the body expresses itself. So, if you're taking a drug, find out why and fix the problem. Uh, you need to get on healthy, saturated fats such as omega threes. You need to eliminate eliminate toxic meats, preserved commercial foods, canned foods with plastic liners, pesticide-containing foods, and eliminate toxic grains. It seems too simple. But when you look at the Journal of Plastic they do a brilliant thing talking about how omega threes are successful in the management of lupus and other um, collagen vascular diseases. That means just supplement with omega threes. And in fact, the Journal of Rheumatology, the Annals of Rheumatic Diseases, all of these say omega threes are vital. Vitamin D and lupus—if you—if you can't be in the sun, supplement. If you don't have healthy sun out there, you've got to supplement with vitamin D3. You've got to build your microflora. Um, According to the Nutrients Journal, the microflora in lupus is amazing. It's vital that if you have healthy gut microbial system, you are going to function correctly. If you have a dysbiosis where your gut is not healthy, you are going to develop disease. Now, you have to optimize your gut flora Okay, so here, you've got your nervous system checked and corrected. You're out of the sympathetic dominant state. Uh, Your medications, you found out the cause, changed your diet, lifestyle, corrected it, and so you could stop those, Uh, you know, because you've fixed the cause. And then please, if you've been prescribed medications, educate the doctor that the body is self-healing and that these medications that they're giving them are not really fixing a problem. That you need to change that. There's got to be a paradigm shift of thinking uh, to get the doctors to respect the body. Uh, If you look at vitamin E and lupus, it's amazing. It actually works. Fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, antioxidant-rich foods. And then you have the key. You can actually rebuild the body. It can't be that simple that all you've got to do is get the nervous system checked. Uh, you have to clean up the diet, detox the body, eliminate the medications, get deep sleep, get healthy movement every day, uh, and your body can heal. Prayer and meditation, nerve supply, regular exercise, deep sleep, and healthy nutrients. It seems too simple, but that's, it, it, that, that's how most solutions are. I encourage everybody to go to our website, drjohnbergman.com, D-R-J-O-H-N-B-E-R-G-M-A-N.com. But also, check out our Extreme Health Academy. I'm in partners with Justin and Kate, and these guys are probably the sweetest couple. And they have been doing health research for years, and they are absolute experts, Go to ExtremeHealthAcademy.com, but also every month, the first 14 days of every month, we do it ExtremeHealthChallenge.com. Go to ExtremeHealthChallenge.com and join our challenge. What these challenges do, they're little things that you can do, like we did one on the nervous system. We did one on the hormonal system. So things that you can do every day to optimize your health. We have webinars, podcasts, live question and answers. It's um, very, very fun. And, and we, we do webinars all the time. So hopefully if you get to Extreme Health uh, Academy, uh, I'll be seeing you there so we can do a lot of good work. Uh, remember, health is your natural state. Now tonight I'm going to have a tremendous amount. All the information I gave you right now, is is going to be shown tonight it's going to be broadcast live on facebook at seven o'clock precisely seven o'clock california time uh go to our facebook page at dr john bergman and you're going to see the data and then it'll be put on youtube in about a week so you can share this information. This is revolutionary. We all have got to be Paul Revere. We've got to go in and say health is coming, health is coming. Instead of fighting disease, um, like this past week I've had a doctor from Germany that's observing our office, and he says there's nothing like this in Europe. Nobody is approaching the disease complex like this. Why? Because we're respecting the body. The body is self-healing, self-regulating. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you. I love you.